Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. This is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's beautiful conversation is with one of my best friends in the world, Mr. Kyle Kingsbury. You may have heard Kyle on Joe Rogan's podcast. He is a retired UFC fighter and uh, a psychonaut, a family man, a really amazing intellectual. And from the outside, he looks like a barbarian of some sort. He's huge. He is strong. He is muscular. He is a god dang literal warrior. And he reads books. And he is insightful and introspective and well-traveled. So he's like a really impressive renaissance man. So I enjoy getting to share perspectives from people like that on this program. We get into his perspectives and experience with relationships, polyamorous relationships, monogamous relationships. We get into the use of psychoactive substances. We get into what the hell is going on in the present world. Really fun conversation. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. Wanted to read a quick little paragraph that I got from the book Wisdom of Insecurity by Alan Watts. Alan, as some of you guys may know, if you follow me on the Instagram and Line podcast, it's one of my favorite people to uh, quote, recite, dig into. So it goes like this. It is therefore far from correct to say that modern civilization is materialistic. That is, if a materialist is a person who loves matter. The brainy modern loves not matter but measures, no solids but surfaces. He drinks for the percentage of alcohol or spirit and not for the body and taste of the liquid. He builds to put up an impressive front rather than to provide a space for living. Therefore, he tends to put up structures which appear from the outside to be baronial mansions but are inwardly warrens. The individual living units in these warrens are designed less for living as for creating an impression. God dang Alan Watts. So good. I, I think that that relates a lot to my personal development. Physically, getting really obsessed with bodybuilding and things of the sort back when I was a teenager and into early 20s and really just focusing on creating a superficially impressive structure from the outside but the inside didn't really feel like home. So I think it's an interesting thing to move in such a way and live your life in such a way to make it so that your body feels more like a home and not just something that you are trying to impress others with. Alan Watts, breaking it down. If you guys are interested in learning how to do that, the six week online method online program is on sale this month only. Typically it's $247, now it is $97 for December. So if you guys want to check that out, we've had a radical influx of people going through it and they've had really amazing comments and experiences. So I love seeing that. It can be found at alignpodcast.com slash courses. That's A-L-I-G-N podcast.com slash courses. And in that six-week experience, you'll go through breathwork practices to increase energy levels, if that's what you'd like. Also learn how to downregulate and calm your nervous system. And you will learn the fundamentals of how to effectively move in your body in daily life to get peak strength, flexibility, and adaptability in any situation. Every moment throughout the day is an opportunity to cultivate your physical experience, if you know what the heck you're doing. We never got that education in grade school, so we're providing it to you now in the six-week Align Method online program. If you got back pain, neck pain, shoulder impingement, hip stiffness, anything like that, the six-week program will address that, and I think you guys will dig it. Alignpodcast.com slash courses. All right, here we go. Back to the program with my man, Kyle Kingsbury. We begin. (laughs) 
to start somewhere. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. <laughs> it's been a while since we've recorded here on the Online Podcast, Kyle. Thank you for uh, your uh, role in my life to date. You've been a really perfect teacher, friend, and uh, I'd say companion in this lifetime thus far. Fuck yeah, brother. I appreciate yeah. you. I appreciate you a part of the ride. I appreciate you big time as well. So we're in your home. Yeah, brother. How's the transition into being a homeowner been? <laughs> That's right. You stayed with us in mom's garage when we were living in my mom's detached garage back in... Shit, when did you move to Santa Monica? Four and a half years ago. Yeah. So it was probably about yeah, five Yeah, you've seen the full transition. Ago. Yeah. Well, we popped over to Vegas for four months, then, then rented here, and then we just got this place... Uh, our first home we've owned in November yeah. and it was built new and Southeast Austin near the airport near on it. I mean, I love it here. I love this town. I, if we move anywhere, it'll be still in the hill country, you know, like Travis somewhere around there, dripping Springs, bee cave. It's all, it's beautiful here, but the people are great here. The home itself is, it's awesome. There is a feeling of like, fuck yeah, I made it or any of that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff is there and the giddiness of I can actually get a loan and make a house payment and all that stuff. The house payment is less than we were renting for. So yeah, we didn't bite off more than we could chew. But I think the thing that's really nice about having a home, even though we have a small backyard and all that other stuff is just like you can make it your own. Yeah. You know, we could paint the walls, we could do whatever we want here. So um, we've been spending more time outside, you know, tending the garden, planting flowers, banana trees, yep. that kind of stuff. And that's been really fun with bear. And, um, you know, because all, it's a suburb, all these houses are stacked on top of each other, planting the bamboo and the different fruit trees. It's been, it's been really cool to watch everything grow, yep. you know, along with a newborn. And I think that's, that's one of the cool things. Like it's this whole neighborhood's brand new. None of the neighbors knew each other from before. So he could see who's kind of averse to conversation or yeah. wants to stick to themselves. And then other people like our, ne one of our next door neighbors is awesome. He's this old timer, Gary. And he's just been super friendly from the jump, you know, really cool guy. He had retired forced to retire due to quarantine and all the shit going on. So he's just been a great guy to hang with. And the neighborhood's been really cool. It's been cool to watch it grow. Something I was talking with bear about was all the, they, they give everyone brand new trees in the front and they're larger trees for shade and whatnot. And there's oaks and maples and, you know, like what's cool is whether we stay in this house or not, when we come back to this neighborhood, 10, 20, 30 years from now, these trees are going to be massive, mm -hmm. you know, like you're going to see this, this whole place age mm -hmm. and you're going to see it through the trees. And I think that's like a, a fun time lapse. There's something very, gra very gratifying about, uh, especially in like the digital age uh, of being able to plant literal or metaphoric roots into a place and be able to step back and be like, okay, cool. I'm going to come back and see the growth with that, which is always happening whether you realize it or not. Yeah. But I think a lot of the roots that we're planting, you know, they don't really have a lot of opportunity to create any depth within like the Facebook, social media, Instagram kind of digital platforms that most of us, of us interface and are very yeah. deeper and deeper into that place. And it feels to me like the deeper you go into that, there's something highly gratifying about literally planting a tree. Yeah. Well, even, <laughs> even with the topic you just brought up, I was laughing with Aubrey because when I jumped off social media prior to Tosh graciously giving us a joint account due to quarantine, I'm like, this is the fastest way to communicate for all the cons. Let's at least be able to communicate with people. Yeah. 
And so we jumped on there and, and one of the jokes was like, I was taking photos when I had deleted everything in Tulum and Aubrey was like, yep, going to the iPhone graveyard. <laughs> like right. if it's not getting shared, it's just the iPhone graveyard. Right, exactly. And so Tosh, uh, being old school, one of the things she did for our anniversary was she made a photo album of our nine year history. We're coming up on nine years of living together in November. And um, so it's this, this, this time lapse of, you know, all these printed photos, you know, old school in a photo album, like your mom has of you as a baby. And yeah. we get to just look through like every memory, every trip we've taken, we've been all over the world. You know, we met in Kuwait and Iraq on a tour for the troops. So we did another tour where we got to go to seven different countries. And, um, it's, it's really cool to, to, to take a trip down memory lane that way and kind of see that, that more as like a tangible analog version, even though it's, you know, not our history in a nutshell, it in, in many ways captures that, like the growth of a tree, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So in, upon building the home, you've had all of this now, uh, quite a bit of experience of like, you know, the douchey word that I don't love is like biohacking, but, but generally just cultivating your environment with the realization or awareness that your environment starts to form your humanity. It forms your autonomic nervous system. It forms your postural patterns. It forms, you know, the way that you think and feel and all that stuff. Um, was there any intentionality or awareness in creating this blank slate that is your home? Yeah. I mean, we, we, when we bought this house, it was going to be the way that it is. So we didn't have much say in it. It was like one of the last three before they started a new build and we didn't want to wait simply because our lease was up and, and, um, you know, timings, everything when it comes to stuff like this. So we got a good deal and good rate and all that jazz and, uh, unimportant shit for the listener, but we had to take it as is. Mm -hmm. And we liked it as is. Um, there were some things, you know, we needed to do. It was a fucking smart home with all the technology and you watch like the creepy line yeah. on Amazon. I'm like, I don't need a fucking Alexa. I don't need extra cameras here. I don't need people spying on us and shit like that. So we, um, I don't even know if there's a word for it, de-technologied it in a way, you yeah. know, where we, we kind of removed a lot of the perks and the things that uh, we found unnecessary. But it's a low-tech house in the sense that, I mean, we, we're not fully like Greenfield. We don't have it, you know, wired with Ethernet in every room and, and um, no Wi-Fi. We have Wi-Fi, but... You can turn it off. Well, we listen to... Um, this will take me off topic. Remember low-tech, but... We listened to Dr. Ibrahim Karim on Living 40 with Paul Check, the biogeometry guy. Mm. And uh, so we have some biogeometry services in here that, that link it to the power core of the earth, the Earth's grid, Schumann resonance, and above in the cosmos, which is <laughs> way out there for a lot of people. But we, we had this last time. When you say Schumann, you say it Rastafarian style. Yeah. Schumann. I always, I always say Schumann. 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 Schumann resonance. Schumann Boy. resonance. Boy. Right near the beach. Yeah. We're not right near the beach here. But anyway, more on low tech. We, we, uh, we kind of constructed this place similar to what you had done with, with our buddy Resvani. Yeah. You know, like oh, I, I looked at that and I hit him up and I was like, dude, how do we do couches right on the ground? And he's like, how'd you do it? You know, I asked him that and he's like, oh, this is a really cool spot some posh area of LA that did it custom for them. And, yeah, uh, and I'm like, yeah, we, we, we right. <laughs> that, yeah. that's a bit out of my pay rate, yeah. but, um, the cushions are cheap. They're only 1100 bucks a piece. We took, we just, we just deconstructed our couches. You yeah. know, we bought a bunch of pillows. We have twin beds here that people can see in the background. Probably this is our upstairs living room. And, um, we put everything on the floor, you know, and, and, and that's how it was in the garage. When we lived in the garage with my mom, we had a bed and then we had, MMA mats on the ground. That's where we ate dinner. Like most of the people on this planet on the ground. And, um, 
you know, something about your book too that really resonates is like the, our ability to get on the floor is really important and, our, and how much time we spend there is really important. And so everything we have here, which really had our kids in mind, you know, you don't want kids sliding off of some raised bed, you know, way in the night because they got to pee or they had a nightmare. Dude, I still put pillows around like the perimeters of my bed based off of like young trauma falling <laughs> off and hitting my head on the radiator yeah so i mean bears bears mattress is japanese style it's right on the ground uh if anything there's a box spring but there's nothing there's no extra furniture you know yeah. there's no extras with that everything's on the ground our, our our dining table's japanese style with some ass cushions and that's about it you know like everything's low profile and so, so in a way, I mean, that's, that's, if we've done anything, it's to keep it low tech, it's to keep us connected to the ground and, yeah, like and on the floor more. And, and it's great for the kids, you know, especially with our little one, she'll be crawling soon. It just makes it more accessible too. And it, and it has a feel to it. You know, like when you come in, there's a feel to that. And I think that's, that's something that I really appreciated getting to try on firsthand at, at Justin's spot. I love the pun of low tech. Yeah, low tech. That's low to the ground. <laughs> Dude, that is a chapter subheading right there. Keep it low tech. Yeah. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, that's good, man. Yeah. That was the thought was finished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that as well. So you're keeping it low tech um from spending time on the ground. I feel like I've I've already talked about that ad, ad nauseum on here. No question. Um so I think people probably get that. And that's I'm so glad that it's something that actually resonates with you. How about what else? What are what are specific features? If there was like five bullet points of like you got a blank slate, you got a new apartment, you got a new home, like what would be the things that would stand out for you to, to shift? Well, the first thing, I mean, number one, no matter how big your backyard is, that's your fucking garden. Like yeah. that's a huge one. Absolutely. I was talking with Dr. Will Tegel who wrote Walking with Bears. He lives out in Wimberley. Um, the short bio is he has a PhD in physics and a PhD in psychology from Berkeley. And he's also worked with Native American elders for generations. Wow. Brilliant, brilliant human. One of the most dialed in people who bridges modern medicine with the, the wisdom of our, our elders and of the ancients. And um, he was talking about that. There, there are, everything is an eco field that holds a certain resonance. You know, and when you're in a park like Ladybird or Zilker inside of a city with 5G towers and all the other stuff and cars and traffic and smog, it still has its own eco field. Central Park has an eco field that's palpable compared to the rest of New York City. Yeah, It's not quite going to be the same as when you're in a forest with no one around you uh, or in the Amazon River, you know, like it's just a different feel. But you can create that feel by creating resonance with the land. And so whether you have you know, a tiny cutout of a backyard or not, or even if it's just potted plants in your apartment, that's going to create a deeper resonance. And it is something you can tune into and feel as we drop from the constant doing and, you know, high beta state down to that closer, you know, that, that, that Schumann, 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 Schumann resonance, 7.83 Hertz is, is right in between. and, And this mirrors neurochemistry. It's right in between low alpha and high theta. So how we feel at the ocean, how we feel when we're calm and relaxed, how we feel in active meditation or yoga or at the end of yoga, we can tune into that with nature. And so that literally is what we're creating. I mean, we have far more houseplants than we ever did at any place we've ever lived before. And then outside, you know, in our little tiny cookie cutter layout, we've planted as many trees as we can. We've got wachuma growing in the ground. Um, you know, we've got grass and things like that. Tons of flowers that grew way, <laughs> a little attention and love goes a long way. We planted these things by seed and some of them are eight feet fucking tall right now. Wow. So it, it's been really fun just to get our hands in the dirt and um, 
like I said, Bear really loves it. But when we're hanging outside, there's a feeling that comes with that, you know, and, it, and it's a reset point. And, uh, you know, we have our ice bath out back. So we, we jump in the ice bath and we can get warm in the sun and, and just look at everything, you know, and with our, with, with little wolf, I just, if she's upset and I walk her outside and start talking to the trees and the plants, she's immediately calmed, Yeah, you know, and we've got all sorts of butterflies and hummingbirds and bees and, and air dragonflies and everything coming around back here because we've, you know, created this little eco field. Yeah. And I think that's, that's probably was one of the first things to make me not feel like I'm stuck in a city here and really give us our own little sanctuary. Uh, the second thing was, you know, I, I, we were very close to on it and I'm, even though I don't work there anymore, I'm still obviously super tight with Aubrey and, and can work out there whenever I want. It's less than a 10 minute drive to the gym, but why, if you can create the garage gym of your dreams? So slowly, but surely we've been piecing together everything we'd want. And we just got a six person finish hot sauna, traditional sauna after talking with our boy Taro, I knew that was the route. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, now we can hit any workout we want with kettlebells, weights, you know, barbells, all that good stuff. We got a GHD recently from fringe down the street and, um, jump in the what sauna, is, is GHD, a glute ham developer. Oh, so cool. like of all machines, like that's like one of the best by far for, mm. you can do CrossFit sit-ups. You can do a lot of stuff with medicine balls. Yeah. Um, hamstrings, obviously post, post connect, posterior chain is probably one of the most overlooked things. And GHD is like the thing where you can strap yourself in and your hips are, on one side and then your your calves on the other side so you kind of like hang your upper body off of it yep you can hang down yeah they're cool on, in either direction but if you go straight back you can really use it to build the hamstrings of the ass and low back not to mention you're doing like myofascial release and kind of like Huge. soft tissue work while yeah. you're in there yeah for That's sure great. and on both sides you know like uh paul check talked about that in scientific core conditioning of all of our ab exercises it's a very narrow range of what we're actually moving in but in sport and in real life Think of where your how your spine moves. It goes everywhere, right? So, and you know this, of course, but um, you know, like I, the first time I saw a CrossFit sit up on one of those, I was like, "That's kind of silly." And then I was like, "Oh no, wait!" Like, yeah, we we do need to flex in weird positions and draw on strength and to build that flexibility at end range and still use contraction and the central nervous system in that way is it's awesome. You yeah. know, it's building mobility and strength at the same time. So that's been a, that's been a good investment for under a grand and. Just little by little, we've pieced things together, and there's not much room left in the garage for anything. We got we got overhead racks. It was one of the first purchases I made, so we could put our storage up there and yeah. and uh, you know slowly start to build out all the fitness equipment we wanted. But that's been amazing. I like the term eco field, uh, and and the idea like it kind of reminds me of one time I was probably 12 years ago. I was hiking with an ex girlfriend through the Grand Canyon, and she like almost she you know we, we was dangerous she was like really having some pretty serious heat exhaustion um and we're going through and every time you each plateau that you descend into the grand canyon it just gets hotter and hotter and hotter so you start the hike you're like it's hot as balls out here wow and then as you go in you're starting to get worn down and more dehydrated it just gets harder and hotter and hotter and then finally we popped out to this beautiful like tropical paradise where there's this there's this I guess perhaps geyser might be the term for it, but this wall, this this waterfall jutting out of the side of, of the wall. And within that space, it's all of a sudden like you should just palpably feel it and taste it. And like your whole body starts to feel revitalized just by kind of entering into that little microbiome chamber there, ecosystem. And 
as you're talking, I'm thinking of like, you know, the, the kind of crisis, I guess you could say, with addiction to opiates and painkillers and things of the sort in, in Western culture and how this is kind of tangential ideas, but I promise they connect. Uh, there's been research of people that have exposure to nature. You know, I think it was gallbladder surgery specifically. There's been various different different uh, research around it. But the recovery of people, if they can just have that little tidbit, even if it's just visual feedback of seeing nature, causes people to need less pain medication. It also causes their bodies to kind of do an uptick with with healing. And so it's like your body goes into this self-regulation mode healing mode uh, just through even having a a visual sense of nature coming in you know and then you crack the window and you're getting the air and you're getting the phytoncides and all the you know all the, the the chemicals of the plants that that boost your immune system you know and then you stack that with actually getting sunlight full spectrum you open the the, the window up and now we're not we're not blocking out a certain um, portion of the spectrum now we're getting the whole thing it's like your whole body starts coming online and it's like i'm thinking in new york it feels to me outside of that little central park area it feels almost like the grand canyon you know it feels <laughs> like the, that 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 i mean it's quite literally desertified you know it feels like that desert and you and then you come back into central park and it's like oh, like all oh, you just you, your cells start to you know almost it feels like this this like you're taking a, a shower in life force yeah yeah <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> so integrating that, so bringing plants into your home, actually investing in a garden. What about like colors, art, anything like that? Is it something that you've been? Yeah, I mean, my wife went to school at NAU. Tosh, it's always weird. My wife, I sound like some old fuck. Mm. Um, Natasha went to school at NAU for art, and she was running there doing cross country. And, and even though she didn't finish, she's always been passionate about painting and art. And then that was something Paul Check really got me back into. You know, anytime we'd we'd drop into some of the deeper work. He'd have us do a mandala. And um, we just started, I was, I, I was in a mushroom ceremony um, solo. And I just realized that like, oh yeah, why? I used to paint, you know, pre-ceremony and things like that. Like, why shouldn't I just do that more regularly? Why does that need to be around ceremonies only, you know? And so sure. we started painting more and it's been, it's been awesome, you know, and Bear loves it. Uh, it's, it's, it's more than just arts and crafts time, you know, like it is, it is a deeply meditative state that you into when you can switch your mind off and just kind of let your heart guide you. Not kind of when you actually let your heart or intuition guide you on which colors next and that kind of thing and yeah. get out of your head, you know, and any practice I have that can allow me to, to work towards that through meditation and action, like Chogam Trumpa Rinpoche says, you know, like if I can do that while I mow the lawn, awesome. It's no longer some monotonous fucking chore. Right, but painting such an excellent way for me to access that because it's it's fun, and then you can see progress, kind of like the trees outside or any of this stuff. Like you can look back to there was my first one with a date on it, and here's a year later, and here's a year later, and they just slowly get better and better. And even if it always looks like shit, like a five year old did it, I know what those paintings mean to me. You know, like I, I made a painting uh, when Tosh was first pregnant of. Um, and it's super basic. It's the earth, the sun, and the moon. But that's that's mama as the earth, bear as the sun, soul as his middle name, and uh, our little wolf as the moon. And I love that. I know that's that's right when Tosh was pregnant with our daughter, you know. And that's me paying homage to those three cornerstones of my life. And uh, 
it's it's cool to just take a moment to to really tune into that, especially on a microdose. But to really, you know, to look back in time and be like, oh yeah, you know, like twenty years from now, I'll see that's when that's when little wolf was growing inside mama. Yeah, I was talking with um, mutual mutual homie Whitney Miller, and one of the things we were kind of stumbling into is like the idea of uh, repressed emotions. And she, one of the things she said is like for a while, like I just couldn't feel emotions. Like I didn't have emotions is what she said. And I was like, like, well, you certainly had emotions, you know? And so the the question is if a person that perhaps sings their emotions out or paints their emotions out or speaks their emotions out or, you know, expresses somehow, it's like, okay, where are your emotions? It's like, oh, like on, on the canvas and this song that I wrote and that, you know, conversation where maybe we like wept or just had some kind of meaningful emotive moment but for a person that doesn't have the the capacity or like the the channel to let emotions move through the question came up of like where where are those emotions you know i wonder like what do you think about that well stuck in the body for sure but i mean i had an intuition on painting that really came in hand pans actually it came through on creativity you know sacral chakra just came through like this in, for for a long time, I only created out, creative outlet was only the podcast, you know. But but as I work on painting, it actually improves my ability to podcast because I'm opening that channel up. Right, playing the handpan or music or the flute opens me up in all these areas because I'm activating that part of my body that was previously only funneled through one window. You know, there was like a, a single lane dirt path that I've now created a multi lane highway with. It's like transient hypofrontality. <laughs> That's a big word. You know this word. <laughs> no. You know, that's all like Jamie Wheel, Rise of okay. Elephants. So okay. transient, yeah, yeah. transient, meaning like temporary, hypo, meaning, you know, low, less, down, off, frontality, prefrontal cortex. So most of us, our minds are kind of governed by that prefrontal cortex, analytical, get shit done, bullet, tell me the bullet points, Kyle. Okay, bullet points, checklist. Mm-hmm. Whereas that transient hypofrontality is like the flow state. Yeah. Where that turns off and you're just kind of like, oh, I feel like I'm like moved. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find that in anything, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I train now. Um, not to take it away from creativity, but I don't really have it's a, all the same a, a thing, program, you know, like I lift maybe twice a week now. I still look as good or better than I ever have in the past from an aesthetics point of view, you know, even though I'm not training like I did when I was fighting or even after that, when I was in powerlifting and things like that. But it's kind of just based on feel like this is what I want to do. This is the pace that I want to do it at. Some days I kick my ass. Most of the days I don't. Most of the days it's just getting in there getting out of my head and just getting into the movement patterns. Yeah. And as I do that stuff, I feel great. I'm not too beat up. You know, it's more, more training like Pavel does, um, where it's movement as a practice rather than exercise for the sake of calories and getting sore and, you know, I need bigger pecs or any of this shit. And it's brought joy back to training. You know, I really feel good. I always leave with more energy in the tank. I shouldn't say always 90% of the time, unless I'm lifting with somebody else, you know, who wants to get after it. It's, it's just me for the pure joy of, of training. And, and I'm really surprised what that minimum effective dose looks like, you know, just twice a week. I feel good. I feel great in between. I'm stretching, I'm moving. I'm, I'm active every day, which is different. You know, I'm, I'm outside morning and evening. I think that's been a big one. Um, you know, just, just getting uh, wolf out with our, with the little baby Bjorn or whatever the hell that thing's called and walking our dog Guapo Man, mm. you know, as close to sunset and as close to sunrise as we can. And that's 
that, that's been awesome. You know, yeah. between that, the hot and the cold, I feel pretty dialed in there. And that just opens up doorways for other things, you know, where I've, I've really been studying and reading as much. I feel like I'm in college right now. I've been pounding through as many books as I have. And, and that's been great too. So how cool. Uh, there's an interesting thing in relation to art therapy. You know, it's so using art as as actually a, a tool to start to uh, open up, turn that kind of that trickle of emotionality and creativity into something that's more like a like a river. You know, and you slowly, with erosion, you know, you let enough water start to pass through, it gets wider and wider. You know, so using art actually as a, a, a tool to start to. There's a quote um, paraphrasing: if you let out what is within you, it will heal you. If you hold in what is within you, it will destroy you. You know, and so each day it's like that opportunity. Look, you're like, is there something in here? What channels do I have access to to let it out? In like a controlled, you don't need to just mm -hmm. be, you know, light up uh, your <laughs> hair on fire and run down the street and start screaming to people. But like just like, like a slow ooze of whatever's in there, let it out. Um, have you noticed with your exploration of, of art have you noticed a therapeutic impact and have you also seen some degree of evolution with it? Yeah, no doubt. Yes, yes to both. I think, I think the thing for me that's most palpable is it's not like, you know, I, I had this painting and some shit came up. It's, it's nothing like that. It's that anytime we enter into a state of flow, we are inherently tapping into joy. You know, we might not have the conscious thought of that, like, hey, I'm really happy now. Odds are, if you have that thought, you're pulled out of flow. But any access point I can have to get into flow, the more I fill my day with that, yeah. the easier that becomes to then get into flow with emails or get into flow with other things, you know, and, and, and have meditation in action. But the point is, if I'm, if I'm letting that trickle in on a daily basis at different points, it makes all the monotonous shit easier. And on top of that, it makes anything that's trying or repetitive in nature, like raising a kid, easier as well. You know, because now I'm I'm softer with bear. I'm more compassionate. I'm uh, less likely to to blow up over the same you know phase that he's been in for the last six months or whatever stage you know the kid is at at that point. Um, it's it's just it just seeps positivity into all areas. Yeah. You know, and it's really for me not chasing those things, but just constructing my day with at least a few activities that are really awesome. And there's still days where I have, you know, a full schedule of stuff, especially coming up at the fit for service events, you know, where we're just nonstop for five days in a row. Um, where can I push pause? Where can I hit an ice bath? Where can I get outside and do some breath work and shake it out and just sit for a moment, you know, yep. in any of those uh, periods, the longer I've, I've spent time in flow, the longer I've spent time with a quiet mind, the easier it is to access that quickly. So if I've done, you know, really awesome shamanic breath work with Anahata, that's, you know, an hour and a half of deep breathing. And I just, you know, have three minutes to reset with breath. My body remembers the macro dose. So that micro dose has a bigger impact. Mm. You know, I can, I can reset much quicker with that and I can process things easier and there's still heaps of shit to have concern over with the world at large or any of these other things that are going on. And, you know, the answer to any of those things is just, is just where am I at with it? Where am I at in my relationship with my wife? Where am I at in my relationship with my son? Where am I at with my relationship to the work that I'm doing? Where am I at with processing the things that I'm reading? So if they are jarring, can I find my center again? 
uh, if I'm on a podcast and I'm interviewing somebody that's saying some crazy stuff that's really hard to to dial in, can I find my breath? Can I find my center and just find a place of peace when I talk about it so I don't fly off the rails and sound like Alex Jones or someone else? You know, yeah. I think I think a lot of these things are they're key ingredients. And if you look out into the world with how we talk to one another, it's pretty apparent that they're they're that's something that's missing in our dialogue. It's something that's missing is the operation, being able to operate from a place of peace and equanimity. And I don't always have that. I most certainly don't. But I think the more often I trickle in things like painting and and gardening or just being in nature, those access points become more readily available. Yeah. feels like with the whole painting thing, um, and we'll get off the painting thing in a second because I want to talk about uh, your new child mm-hmm. and relationship things because that's very interesting, especially the way that you guys have done it. Um, but final stony metaphor it feels like with with painting you need to like alan watts has a bit where it's like you need to 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 practice it it takes skill to enjoy life you know so as you learn a skill when you start off it can be frustrating you're like ah sucks like i suck like ah and then you have these little these little kind of ascensions where you're like whoa like i'm starting to get that you're like oh i'm i'm engaged i'm having fun and, and so with, with art, I think that's a, it's a, a similar thing would happen or music or anything like that. But I think it's a muscle that you can engage and cultivate to start to see the, the painting on the blank canvas, you know, and start to walk into a room or some maybe like relationship feud or something like that and see the, the comedy of it or see the drama of it or see the art of it, you know, but you need to be able to actually cultivate that, that skill in order to be able to actually have those those images come through. And I think ultimately we are painting our worlds. You know, but for the most part, the modern world that, you know, the industrialized and techno technology and all that stuff that we're the mold that we exist in is a little bit more like ones and zeros and, you know, digital two dimensionality. You know, so it's almost like we need to consciously step out of that and kind of pursue art in order to be able to start to bring that into whatever the hell's happening. I realize I'm like spinning off. The no, rails, I love but. that. I love that. One, one image that I had in my head when you were talking about this is the binary code of constant doing and yeah. approval and validation and getting shit done and climbing a ladder is it's, it's, it's looking through a lens, you know, it's looking through a periscope, it's looking through binoculars. It's looking in a very finite viewpoint of something you're focused on and the I and it follows the I'll be happy when model, right? I'll be happy when I get the promotion, I'll be happy when I get the home, I'll be happy when I get the Tesla, I'll be happy when I have, I have a wife, whatever the fucking case is. And it's not that, right? I'll be happy when I retire was such a lie that was sold to the generation before us. And um, you know, there's a lot of pissed off old people right now because of that lie. So if we unpack that and look at what would I do in retirement? What would I do with more time? Right? People get in. There's a concept I've really been playing with is it kind of stems between Tim Ferriss, four hour work week and Joe Dispenza. Right? So if we want freedom, true freedom, abundance, if we want to have these things, we will sacrifice time on a teeter totter for more wealth financially. Yeah. Right. And you could have all the money in the world, but if you don't have the time to spend it, if you can't take a vacation, what's the point? Right. So, and what would you do if you had, if money wasn't an issue and if time wasn't an issue? Well, really thinking about those things, where can I start doing that right now? And there's some really low cost ways you can enjoy yourself right now. Like, all right, if I want to be on the water in Thailand 
and I don't have a thousand bucks for airfare or the time to do that, do I have an hour on the weekend to drive to Lady Bird and get in the water to yeah. go to Barton Springs? Yeah. Can I tune in there? It's not Thailand, but can I get that? Okay. Well, that's actually fucking 80% of it. It's just getting in the water. You know, like that, that's, that's a huge chunk of the feeling I would have in Thailand being in the ocean is getting in the water right here. Yeah. And then maybe I go to Thai Fresh and grab Thai food after to, to make believe I'm there. Whatever the case is, like there are ways we can start to, to tackle that right now. And I think what you're getting at, you know, or this image that I had on the tunnel vision of binary versus the art of the world that we can cultivate is really looking at things through a broader lens. You know, it's the holistic view of the body. It's um, an architecture of our lives that encompasses more than one single thing. You know, and, and what Daniel Schmachtenberger is recently talking about, which, which blew me away, and this is in regard to, you know, the, the polarity of the political argument on both sides widening and deepening and the divide that's happened right now, is in bridging that, it is a holistic view. And it's not just in the way that we communicate. In the Republic in, in Greece, they talked about being a Renaissance man and a Renaissance woman. Like you had to learn more than just your job. Yeah. You know, you had to know history. You had to know many, many different things. And that's something that, you know, I most certainly consider the two of us Renaissance men. You know, like wh what fascinates us? What drives us? What are the things that we want to do? Well, learning is at the forefront of that. And that's a beautiful thing because that is novelty. That is the thing we crave. You know, the, the death of us is to slow down. The stagnant water in our lives is the constant. Same shit every single day. Well, it's Monday, you know, and then you look forward to getting hammered on the weekend. And next thing you know, without realizing it, it's Monday again, yeah. you know, or each day I can find something new in the things that I'm reading, the podcasts that I'm listening to. I can find peace and equanimity sitting in my backyard among the bamboo. You know, like any of that stuff has compounding interest on the quality of my life. Yeah. It feels like um, we're kind of sold this idea that, you know, more is more and you know i be we it's it's so cool people that have been to i've been to every country you know and it's like well have you really like been to any of those countries or do you just kind of like get in and kind of stamp your passport and kind of have that it's called ego traveling where you just like go to a place be like cool i was there you know but it, it feels like i mean I, I think this is very apparent but choice excessive amounts of choice especially you know we're in like freedom and america and all that stuff but we now have so much choice that it can become kind of confusing and we can kind of spin our wheels and like all these potential options of what we should do you know and then it's like decision fatigue and paralysis by analysis and all that stuff and you can just spend your time just like spinning your wheels in this mud of of, of okay like there's so much to do and then you end up i think ultimately just living it's, it's, it'd be very easy to live a life in just like, you know, a pile of FOMO, you know, like there's so much that I could fly here and here and here, but it's like, ultimately, it's like you're saying, it's like, or I could just like take a breath right now and like realize that the people I'm with are fucking amazing, you know, and maybe they're all I got really ultimately, you know, or I could go and down to Barton Springs or whatever your local metaphoric Barton Springs is and like just dip my head in the water or maybe I could just fill up a little bucket, put some ice water in it, kind of just drop my head in there for a second, like have a little timeout moment, you know, as opposed to just being in the place. Of, I mean, I recommend going to a lake instead of the, the bucket, but, you know, as opposed to just <laughs> being in that constant state of yearning and yearning and yearning and yearning, and then eventually you die and you realize you're like, oh shit, I spent my 
my good chunk of my life just in this place of of want mm-hmm. as opposed to a place of 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 being able to actually like you know jump in the you know the pool want to take a moment and thank the vital mineral magnesium for supporting our bodies over a hundred different metabolic functions stem from this vital mineral and it is largely deficient in modern people's diet reason being it is largely deficient in modern soil so if you are not getting out of the soil and out of the vegetables and such that you're consuming then it's actually a helpful mineral to supplement it's one of the only ones that i'll actually supplement myself and uh, i think you guys will appreciate it so i tagged up with bio optimizers which is a company that i very much value and trust and they created my favorite magnesium supplement that i have consumed referred to as mag breakthrough the reason that i like it is because it has all seven different types of magnesium as opposed to just having one or two and it's it's great it's easy to take take a couple capsules i'll take it before i go to bed uh, every night and it's helpful with relaxation it's helpful with sleep it's helpful with muscular repair helpful with fat metabolism um, the main reasons that i personally use it is it's really helpful to calm me the freak down before i go to bed so if you got sore muscles, if you're having trouble sleeping, highly recommend trying some mag breakthrough. You can go to biooptimizers.com slash align to get yourself a 10% discount. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash align, 10% discount, biooptimizers.com slash align. You can also find the link in the show notes of this podcast at alignpodcast.com. All right, here we go. Back to the program with my man, Kyle Kingsbury. Pow. What the hell is your relationship looking like right now? You guys were doing polyamory. Yeah. Well, first, let me preface. We did polyamory for open marriage. We opened our marriage in 2018. So it's been a couple years now. The preface is this. There's a line of polarity on how people talk about this. Chris Ryan's on one side of the line, author of Sex at Dawn. Mm -hmm. Nothing personal ever comes out of his mouth. You don't know what this guy does behind closed doors. On the opposite side of that line is our brother, Aubrey Marcus. You'll know 30 seconds after he breaks up with somebody. You'll know when he gets married. You'll know all the things, right? (laughs) That's true. And and, and it's awesome. Neither one is wrong or right. They're both incredible. I've learned from both these guys. Um, They're both friends. Aubrey's one of my best friends, you know, in the whole world. I've learned a lot from him. Uh, a lot in, in open relationship on what not to do, you know, and, and really that's, that's helped me tremendously. Still, when you get into the fires of open relationship, it is a very sharp, uh, gradient. It's a, it's a fast learning curve, you know, and it's been, um, incredibly challenging, you know, I think, I, I don't know if we talked about this the last time. I don't want to be super repetitive, but it's been a while since I've been on. So, yeah. um, super challenging in many ways, but, uh, at the same time it's, it's worked tremendously, you know? And, and, and I, and I mean that because if somebody was to look at, you know, there's a lot of ways people could judge or gauge the, the, the level of success that we've had in this based on the fact that where we're at now, which is, not pursuing boyfriends and girlfriends. Mm. So polyamory, more than one love, open relationship, swingers, that kind of stuff, unique novel sexual experiences with others. I think we've let's where we've landed. You know, we have not done any of that uh, with a newborn, you know, but, but really considering um, the time that it takes 
to involve somebody at the level of boyfriend or girlfriend when you're married and when you have kids, uh, it's, 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 it's more than either one of us can chew on. Mm. You know, Jamie will was on the podcast on my podcast and, and he said it so beautifully, you know, he's, he's, he's talked with, you know, some of the bigger groups, polyamorous groups that are, that are really in the research and in the thick of it at Burning Man. He went out and visited with a couple different groups in in Costa Rica who have conscious communities that are, you know, they're not all polyamorous, but that's certainly a part of the deal. And one thing he said universally is, is that out of the four things that you can have, you can have a primary partner, husband or wife, you can have children, you can have a vocation. It's not your job, but something you are absolutely passionate about, the thing that gets you up in the morning. And you can have other relationships. Choose three of the four. No one has ever done all four without having serious consequences. Same again. Primary partner, mm-hmm. husband or wife, uh, or just someone who's your primary, a live-in partner. Yeah. Um, children, one or more. A vocation, something that absolutely drives you that's deeper than just your job. Vocation might be your job, right? But it's a, a true vocation. And other partners, hmm. boyfriend, girlfriend, that kind of thing. Hmm. Choose three of the four. You try to tackle all four and you're going to see systems fail. And hmm. it's usually more than one that'll fail. Hmm. So, you know, for, for me, it was, it, was, it was pretty clear when he said that. I was like, aha, <laughs> there we go. Because when I had a girlfriend for only two or three months, I felt stretched in all directions. Right. I mean, my bandwidth was so thin, you know, and, and, and obviously that, that just it impacts stuff because you're, I mean, look, I, I'm going to bed at night. I'm tucking my kids in and now I still have to text somebody how much I love them. Like it's a fucking, it's a lot to chew on. There's those little side effects that you don't really think of. Ultimately for, for the listener, you know, I think it's important that if you do that and this is non-prescriptive, you know, there's no one right way to do anything. I think, uh, more than two, an ethical guide to polyamory was a great book for us, but ultimately if you're doing it for, just finding some strange and the novelty of it, it's going to, you're going to see it not work. We were doing it for growth. You know, literally I had a a vision on psilocybin of, um, you know, I was being told we're going to start this now. And this was prior to Wolf's two years ago in February, 2018. And the messages that were coming in were, you're going to start this now. And I, I would argue like, well, I thought we were going to wait till our kids are older and, and off at school and everything was a little bit more quieted down. And, and the answer was, no, you're doing this for your kids. You need to grow. You need to fix your relationship. And this is going to make you better parents. Now, I'm not saying that blanketly that when people do this, they're going to become better parents. But this was the message I got, right? And, and just like in the matrix, what the Oracle tells you is for you and you alone. It's not for anyone else. So that was my message for me personally, if we were to start this, it was going to be for growth and it was going to be to be better parents. And I couldn't see that in the thick of the shit, you know, but ultimately what it did is it put pressure on every crack in our relationship and every crack in us interpersonally, you know, the, the jealousy that would come up and any feelings I had of, of fear, like, is she going to leave me? Is he better in bed? Is his dick bigger? Any of those things really stemmed from a lack of belief in myself, hmm. you know, and that flip side of that coin was one of the deepest, hardest pieces I've ever worked on with self-work, with plant medicines or without. And, you know, the thing that's that's really challenging about it is that ayahuasca, no matter how hard it is, ends at a certain point. Iboga 
can be one of the hardest plant medicines. It, it has a it has a stop point where you come out of it 24, 36 hours later. Yeah. This does not. You know, you can go to bed happy, you have a fucked up dream, and you wake up angry. I mean, it's constant work, constant work on communication style, constant checking in, constant um, ways of needing to find your center. You know, because it's just it, it can be smooth sailing, and then all of a sudden you're you're class five whitewater rapids. So. It, it was a crash course in many ways. And thankfully we had guys like Aubrey and Dr. Dan Engel and Paul check and different people we could lean on who had really been through that for a much longer period of time than we had. And, you know, in many ways it did help us become better people. It fixed a lot of holes we had in our communication. It was the fire necessary for me to want to, to do better as a partner, you know, and, and, um, and for Tosh as well. And with that, you know, we were able to bring another life into the world. You know, Tosh is not in physical relationship with, with her boyfriend anymore, but, you know, he's, he's a tribe member. He's a member of our family now forever. And that's a, that's a really beautiful thing. You know, I, I don't want to speak too much. I, I lean more towards the, the uh, Chris Ryan position than the Aubrey position these days because yeah, of great. our family members and our children and things like that. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, a lot of people would say, well, they're not doing it anymore. So that's a failure. Um, and I think that's complete nonsense. You know, we have, I have a brother in Christian. I have somebody that I can lean on. I have somebody who's in full support of us. I have somebody who watches bear when I'm out of town at work and, and helps out with wolf. And, um, and he's my friend, you know, more than anything, that's my dude. You know, you guys kind of like flirted your way into the kind of like tribal child bearing realm, uh, successfully it feels to me from the outside like you didn't because we obviously it's like we live in a square world and maybe we come from circles or whatever but we're kind of like western culture is kind of a different shape than you know dunbar's 150 <laughs> tribesmen like it's, it's different it's way different yeah <laughs> yeah way different and that was you know that's something that drew us in was that like look you read sex at dawn you're like damn this did work in the tribe but it, there is no tribe now Right, well, and, it's and still, the, but it's now it's kind of like nuclear micro tribes. It's just the, the yeah, structure's different. But, it, but it's really not tribe, and it's really not in a sense. And I don't mean our situation. Our situation is as close to that as you can get because we've done a lot of work to bring every one of us up. You know, uh, something that occurred in a tribe. You know, if, if it was a polyamorous tribe, is that all of you were raised the same way, and the tribe held any trauma among anybody. Right, you had the tribe to lean on. If somebody goes hurt, you know, uh, psycho psychologically, you likely believed in the same God, the same spirituality. You were, you had all the same aunties and uncles teaching you, you know, like the same education, the same everything. And it's egalitarian. That's a completely different deal yeah. than what we have now. Even the most woke conscious person that you bring into the equation has different viewpoints, different viewpoints on little shit, like what kind of food they should eat, what kind of food they want to feed your kid, you know, like all of these things are hurdles. And they can help people grow together if, if the de desire is there from all parties. But it's, it's a lot to chew on, you know? And um, I mean, with that, thankfully, we've had, you know, somebody who was down from the jump, you know, and, and really did the work with us, went out to, to Costa Rica to do ayahuasca and, and has done a lot of work. And we've had many deep conversations on different aspects of relationship and different aspects of fatherhood and, and all sorts of stuff that has gone into this. And, and, you know, much of that'll stay behind closed doors. It's personal stuff among our family and our tribe, but at the same time, the desire was there. And if it's not, 
you will not see the same trajectory. You're not going to see the same level of growth. You're not going to see people figure that out. And I think that's why a lot of people that get into that find, um, you know, these blockages in areas where they're, they're insurmountable. There's no way to overcome that, the, the indifferences. I mean, as Paul Check stated before, if you can't juggle two balls, why add a third? You know, so many people have trouble in just relationship with one person. Right. And if there's no steady foundation there, it's going to be really hard to add in other people or other balls to juggle, you know, ex- incredibly hard, you know, and, and with Tosh and I, we had to rebuild our entire foundation, you know, like we, w- when we got together nine years ago, um, there's a lot of attraction and a lot of other things that, that we really appreciated about one another, but we didn't necessarily have like core foundational things that we could rest on. And, thanks to the fires of open, we've built that now, you know, we re- reread the mastery of love by Don Miguel Ruiz every night until it was finished to each other out loud. Hmm. We'd, we'd spend, you know, I'd do a couple paragraphs. She'd do a couple paragraphs. We'd get through a chapter and we would just talk about it. Like, what do we agree with? What do we disagree with? Are we there yet? How close are we to that? Are we living in this way? How can we improve? You know, those, those conversations brought us together in a way that we had not done anything like that when you were in the thralls of new relationship energy and you just fuck all the time and have fun. And that probably would have been more than we would have been cool with if that's how our relationship started. You know, like I would have, I wouldn't have been down if she was like, let's fucking eye gaze and read books about love. I'd have been like, uh, this is a lot to chew on, you know, early on. Like, can't we just have sex and make each other laugh? You know? So, I mean, I mean, the, the pace of which that all this unfolded, um, it seems appropriate, you know, and, and our relationship has never been better. Our family's never been better. You know, we truly are blessed in that respect. And I think that that open was the impetus for much of this healing to take place, but I don't know necessarily that we would have accomplished that without the human helpers that we had and the plant medicine helpers that we've had and, and all the books that we were able to read and then actually doing that stuff. You know, it's one thing to pick it up in the astral, in a journey. And it's another thing to actually put your feet on the ground and start to make the changes necessary to bring about the relationship that you want. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the perhaps insecurities that would manifest in the, the, the realm of like, you know, we've been together for how long were you used to together before you opened the little seven little years. Yeah. So you had roots. Your, your, uh, pink lady apple tree was like, it was in there. It could weather storms. Uh, and so then the, I guess the question is, kind of two things one how does why would one invite a storm and decide to go into it you know it's like (laughs) i've seen this storm historically it seems like (laughs) storms there's some dark clouds it's fun you know it's like it's like there's lightning bolts and there's probably a lot of other good stuff on the other side of that there's probably like an eye of the storm. there's all sorts of you know but to invite that in and be like okay now we're you know, we're in the thick of it. Why would one elect that? I know there's no right, wrong, and nothing's prescriptive or anything. But and then the other part that I think that would kind of alarm a lot of a lot of people's bells would be I think the root of someone that was on the side of like eh, I don't like that idea is probably there's a lot of like why aren't I enough for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big one. You know. First, let me just say for for myself personally and for and for Tosh, I mean, uh, she's got she's got the same bone. Time and time again throughout my life, when I've been pushed to the brink, I've come out on the other side of that better. Hmm. And 
it's happened enough. You know, I've often talked about this just from a strength training perspective with my coach, Joe Ken, big house. He was my strength coach at ASU, strength coach for the Carolina Panthers now, only guy to win strength coach of the year, division one and in the NFL. Phenomenal guy. He pushed me past whatever glass ceiling I had so many times that I realized there's no ceiling, right? So, and this was on a physical level, on a mental, emotional, spiritual level through psychedelics and the deeper journeys that I've done. The same fruits are there. They're there in the harder journeys. The, the ice bath at 35 degrees as opposed to 55 degrees is a whole world different, right? You know this. And I just had my nervous system break down a few days ago at <laughs> Colin's place. For the 10 minute you did or whatever. And I went into shock. Mecca and up in two, right? There, there's a the minimum effective dose and there's a maximum effective dose. The storm dose. was too dark. There, there, that maximum, that's, that's the key here though, because this is this a pertain. Maximum effective dose is a maximum. You can go past that, then it's no longer maximum effective dose, right? right? You can't go past the maximum effective dose but that's not advisable. Yeah. Right. So I like pushing myself to whatever perceived limit there is. And then, and then, you know, just going a little bit past that, not too far past that. And I didn't think like, this is a great idea for our relationship. Uh, but I listen to the messages I get, you know, and, and in that ceremony in 2018 with psilocybin, I had a lot of messages pertaining to this. We'd been talking about open relationship. We'd both read sex at dawn for, you know, a couple of years at that point. And, it made sense to us on paper, but it wasn't something we were willing to say yes to yet, you know, but all these downloads that were coming in on the medicine pertain to like, this is something you're going to do and you're going to do it for growth and you're going to do it to be better people, better parents, better everything. And it's going to be ultimately for your kids. You know, that's the big one. What about the kids? What about the kids? Well, if it's, if it's kept with them in mind and it's done not to get my dick wet, but done in a way that's going to actually force me to grow, force me to learn and give me the fire necessary to actually read a bunch of books that I previously didn't give two shits about. Nonviolent communication, whatever. You know, mastery of love, cool. Like I'm in a great relationship. Don't need to read that. Well, oh, I actually do need to read that now. I actually do need to communicate better. I actually do need to be better at all these things. And at its core, I need to understand me better. Like, why do I have all these fears to begin with? What am I jealous of? Right. And actually really spend time with some deep introspection with medicine and without to really take a deeper look at what are these programs that I have within me? Why do I feel this way about myself? Have I seen this in other areas? Right. Anytime you, something Dr. Dan Engel told me about that's really powerful is when you're doing solo work or, or you're, you know, you know, on dieta journey, any of these things, it's very hard to see your own shadow. Inherently, you can't see it because that's the shadow, right? It's in your blind spot. But if there are pressures to look at this, one of the ways the ego won't look at shadow is if we look in the now. But if we look in past tense, you know, like you read a book like King, Warrior, Magician, Lover by Robert Moore. So good. So good. So if I see this, this, these shadows, I can't look at it right now. The ego won't allow for that. The ego wants to be perfect. But a year ago, did I, act any, did I see any of these shadows show up a year ago? Sure. When did they show up? How did they show up? What was the precipice that created that, right? That can allow me to discover more about myself. And if I'm looking in the past, okay, is there a pattern here? How does this show up in my life right now, right? So this great self-discovery lied within that. And I know for certain that's not the case with most people who jump into these waters. 
that that's the goal in mind. But that was the goal in mind for me, and it was directed through psilocybin. And don't worry if you've never done mushrooms, 99.9% of you likely won't get these downloads. I got these downloads because it was right for me. You know, again, the Oracle and the Matrix tells you what you need to hear at that exact moment. And I don't view these as, you know, there are, they are, uh, they're drugs. There's no two ways about it, but I don't look at them as just a drug. I look at these as higher forms of consciousness that are communicating with me. And, you know, similar to Grand Hancock's, you know, we, we tune the receiver on the dial and all of a sudden our whole world is opened up to other intelligence. Everything is intelligence. You know, the, the eco field itself is intelligence. And if you tune into that by dropping from the high beta state, you can receive that intelligence. And so in any of these, these, you know, the ceremony work that I've had, where I've learned to work with the medicine better because of ayahuasca and different curanderos that I've worked with, I'm gaining much more from it, you know? And I think in those experiences, when I get downloads like that, I, I pay a lot of attention to it. You know, I really take it to heart and I have not been led astray yet, yeah. you know? And I think that's, that's a, a critical piece that again, like it's, it's not enough to say do some mushrooms and, and you know, it's going to tell you how to live your life. I had to work to get to a point where I could work with the medicine in that way. Yeah. But now that I'm there, I very much trust the signals that are coming through. I very much trust what I'm being told and, and the guidance that I have on ayahuasca has never let me down. You know, and we've had visions of the future multiple times that have come to fruition. Prior to Bear's arrival, we both saw Bear, Tosh and I. Prior to Wolf's arrival, I've been connecting to her consciousness since 2016. Yeah. So again, that's fucking out there stuff for a lot of people, but for me, it makes perfect sense, yeah. you know, and if I look back on the track record, it's, a l- it's pretty easy to connect those dots and see how they've, they've made my life where it is today, you know, and I have deep gratitude for that, but it is at the, at the core, I have a liking for the 35 degree water. Mm-hmm. I have, I have a tendency to, to want to push the envelope, you know, it's why I said yes to the 30 grams of penis semi mushrooms, you know, I, I appreciate the unknown deep, dark waters. And, and in doing those things, I come out on the other side much better. It's a deep reset for me. Yeah. I like to, as you already know, I like to kind of sit in kind of this like neutral devil's advocate to mm-hmm. various different stances oh, I know, buddy. of all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> I because know. I do want to have respect for everybody, yeah. you know, and I acknowledge my own echo chamber that I live in. And if I hang out with too much of consistent mindset people it's easy for me to believe that that's the only perspective in the world of course and then i jump into another room or another dinner party or whatever and everyone is in their own echo chamber i'm like oh well this is the truth and then oh this is the, there's like all these truths and i don't know underlying every there's probably some ultimate truth somewhere in there but um i'd like to touch on a little bit of for people that may have any kind of resistance around okay this guy you know ate a handful of mushrooms and had some vision quest of, you know, what's, what's to come in the future. Like he's probably just insane. You know, he's probably, this is just crazy drug stuff is, you know, whatever. But I think it's very interesting when you do draw back the, the history, you know, draw the, 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 the timeline back and you see a lot of the origins of exactly where we're at right now is actually founded upon journeys to, what is it called? Eleusis, mm-hmm. you know, and the ergot, which is like a, you know, a derivative of LSD. Would that be the right term? It's like er- that. Ergot is uh, nature's LSD. I think that's a better way to put it. Yeah. It is, um, when you zoom in on, under a microscope, it grows, it's a fungi. It's a mushroom. Yeah. You know, it's a microscopic mushroom. 
Yeah, that that uh, I forget the name of the guy. You you probably can remember his name. I have it. I have it on my anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Books downstairs. He was just on Rogan with Graham Hancock, Brian McCormick or something like something that. like that. Yeah, yeah. Is it the mystery religion or that's what's the book called anyway. It yeah, the religion matter. with no name. Okay, the religion with no name. Yeah. Um, phenomenal podcast. But look, I mean, I, I've like I said, this isn't something I just tiptoed into. I've had and cannabosum in the Bible. It's like like yeah. like history is is littered with uses of various different psychoactive agents of all sorts yeah you know, we all so. we all crave at our core altered states of consciousness because we need to get out of our head right. and whether that's done through a float tank or breath work and breath work can fucking get you a visionary experience there's no two ways about it whether it's the darkness retreat that aubrey did where you're in a cave essentially in 100 percent pitch black dark for seven days you will start to have visions, you know, and it's like, oh, of course you're going crazy. Like, no, no, no. These things are very personal. It's not like you just see a fucking Puff the Magic Dragon floating by. If Puff the Magic Dragon's in my vision, it's there to tell me something important about me that pertains to my life. Hmm. It is 100% personal. And even, you know, every, every culture's had this, whether it's dancing around a fire for 36 hours until you break and all of a sudden get your vision or the original vision quest that many Native Americans did, no food, no water for four days at a sacred site. You know, these are all designed to get us out of our head and help crack that veil. So our brain then switches off normal human dial 1013 to all of the other available stations where that information is now accessible, whether that's through God, a higher power, soul, the high self, whatever you want to call that we're accessing different viewpoints. We can think outside the box. We can see things with a new lens, with fresh eyes. I'm drawn to that stuff because it's had the single greatest impact on my life more than anything else, you know? And pushing the envelope is a part of that, you know? Pushing the envelope in many different ways has been a part of that because that's the character trait that says yes to that. It's the character trait that says yes to another cup of Vaya. Or yes, I'm going to see what this stronger strain of psilocybin does, or I'm going to climb the ladder there and up my dose intelligently and and with reverence and respect but with that yeah there's 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 more than meets the eye i mean that's that's what every all the fucking ancient traditions have talked about that there's a lot more to this space than our everyday waking consciousness Hmm. and when we can see that when we can access that and it's available to us it no longer becomes words in a book you know ted decker talked about that if you i can describe an avocado to you with great detail, I could paint one for you. I can describe its texture, the skin, the softness of the flesh, the seed that's in the middle. You won't ever know an avocado until you eat one. That's the way you know the avocado. And what Dennis McKenna said was that religion will teach you about God, yeah. but entheogens give you the direct experience of God. And uh, that's been my experience for sure. They haven't all been that way, but, but the, the vast majority have been. Yeah, and you can, it feels like you can almost get, it would be easy to put your like egoic scientific hat on as you get deeper into the, the granularity of the avocado. And, well, I understand the cellular bonds, and I understand like all this deep stuff, but <laughs> yeah. like you still haven't actually eaten an avocado. You know, at some point, I think it's like, there's. I was thinking as you were talking of how, how easy it would be to live your whole life in this body and by the uh, idea that this is all that there is. And our whole environment, it's, it's you know, like, you know, consumerism, all that stuff, which I, I think I like, you know, I enjoy consuming things. I also like getting rid of things and minim- minimizing things. So nothing against anything, any style of living. But what a pity or shame it would be to kind of 
go through your whole entire existence with this amnesia of sorts using someone else's language. Yes. Like, oh, there's there's something behind that as well. <laughs> and I can occupy this avatar, have a great time. Dance and sex and alcohol and party and bacchanal and business and work and money and like all that's just great. You know, but operating your whole entire life under kind of that 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 state of, of I think amnesia is a fine word for it, like forgetting like, oh, there is something else other than just this one corporeal bag here. It is amnesia. And that's something Graham Hancock talked about as a culture we have amnesia because of the narrative that's been by design taken away from us. You know, you, you have a, a, the colonizers come in, they burn all the sacred sites, they burn all the religious texts, they burn all the history. They give you a new language. Maladoma Patrice Somme talks about this in his book of Water and Spirit, a West African shaman. What a name. They don't just take the things from you that you're used to. They give you a new language. And by giving you a new language, they take your language away from you. So it's a it's a complete, not only just a raping of the culture and the natural resources, it is an uprooting of all that you knew, right? And it's giving you a lexicon of how to view the world through the, someone else's lens. Well, that's happened to all of us, whether we're white or black or anything in between. We've been given and handed down information about what happened in our past that is defined by a narrative, and it's not actually what happened. Just to play devil's advocate with your thought, because that's something I used to think. You know, I was hanging with with uh, Rogan before his second comedy special in uh, the green room up in San Francisco, and Ian Edwards was there, and he was passing around the joint, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't know, I'm, so, I'm a total lightweight with cannabis," and I was like, "I'll do one," and then I offered it to Ian, and Rogan was like, "Oh no, he's he's straight edge. He doesn't he doesn't do drugs," and I was like, "What? You go on tours with Rogan? You never do drugs?" And he's like, "No, nah, man, never have." And I, it just fried me. I was like, how could you go through life without ever experiencing psychedelics? Like, I get it if you don't want to try weed, but it's like, man, none of these hurt you. They're actually incredibly beneficial to you, not just on a mental, emotional, spiritual level, but the hardware. And they're studying that the hardware of traditional psychedelics heals the brain. LSD, psilocybin, ayahuasca, DMT, 5-MeO, and THC from cannabis also heals the brain. So I'm explaining all this and completely in alignment with what you're just saying, man, what a weird way to go through this whole life with just seeing scientific materialism as its own religion and being indoctrinated into that. This is all there is. And when you die, it goes black. And through my understanding now of the infinite nature of reality and us being infinite beings and, and an infinite number of all possibilities experiencing ourselves interconnected, indivisible from God, then this blink of an eye existence we have right now, who fucking cares? It's, it almost quiets the importance. Everything's important because we're only in the infinite now, but and there, there, there are better ways to live than others, but at the same time, it, it's, are there? it takes... Define better, sorry. There are ways where we can... Exp I mean, it's all about experience, so you, you know, I, I, I guess better is the wrong word to use in there because it's placing hierarchy on, or, or uh, judgment on the ways in which we live, but... What, I, what my point is, is that this thing is so fast and it's just like Alan Watts said, get lost, right? Like if your way of getting lost is to completely forget yeah. that you are interconnected to ultimate, all things. It's the ultimate adventure. It's the ultimate get lost. <laughs> it's like, right? that was ballsy. Yeah. You die. You went in the, into the game and forgot that you were playing. Yeah. 
damn. Yeah, yeah, that's a fucking You're deep fucking deep hero. Forgetting. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you fucking snap <laughs> out of that. You enter in the deepest five of me a wormhole you've ever could consider, and it's like, holy shit, I'm still here. Ah, right. you know, like fuck yeah, dude. That's cool too. Right, that is cool, and it is, and it is just a blink of an eye. I had this thought when I was a kid about uh, fruit flies. Some and whether it's true or not, but I had heard they only live for twenty four hours, and I was like, that would suck right. to only have a day right. on this planet. That would yeah. suck, and it's like maybe those twenty four hours. It's time is all perspective. Maybe that's a full life for the fly. Maybe it doesn't even realize, I'd right? Say almost certainly. And for us to be like, we got 80 years, we got 100 years. Like, that's the fucking same length of time as that fruit fly. Yeah. It's gone. It's that fast. And, and for certain when you get older, for certain when you're in your late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, everything moves quicker. Every year goes by. I mean, fuck, right at the beginning of quarantine, Bear was in, uh, he was on spring break. We were camping. And they were like, well, we're going to take a two-week break for spring break. You know, and then we get back and we're like, oh, shit's kind of getting serious. The two-week break turns into, you know, the summer of George and Seinfeld. Like, it was like never-ending. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, cool. Well, Bear's out for school and he may not go back. And it was just a weird thing that or at time felt like it was slowing down. And I haven't felt that way in a long time. And then we, we get our wheels under us. We get our head back. We find our center. We start getting out into nature again and having fun. And it's like, oh, okay, who cares about that? We're, we're good, you know? Like, we'll, we'll just see how this pans out and be the observer rather than being just hook on every single headline. And in that experience right now, we're like, holy shit, it's the end of the year, right? Like, what happened in between? Life happened. Like, I was in the thing, yeah. doing the thing, and all of a sudden, now we're coming up on Christmas again. Right. And it'll be the end of 2020. And before you know it, the end of 2030. And before you know it, I'll be an old turd who's got grandkids. And I'll be like, wow, that went quick. Right. So if we look at that and understand it, it's, it's sure you want to do your best. Sure. You want to be of service to others. Sure. I want to figure out, you know, like what are the best things for me? What is the best way for me to operate? Where can I find the most peace and be the best version of myself while I'm here? That's a good thing that's a good compass to have in life for mm-hmm. me personally. And at the end of the day, it's all good. I'll experience it again well, in I a think, different form. I think ultimately it's like, I was recently reading or listening rather to the, there's a book from EO Wilson called the the meaning of human life. And he was like, he studied ants and, and, and hives and hive mind and all these different things. And he, within ants, you know, it's like there's these sub organisms being an individual ant that is nothing without the whole. You know, so it's like it seems like it's its own little entity, but in actuality, it's just a part of this 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 grander organism. You know, and within those, they'll have different roles, and it it actually is the variety of their roles that allows that grander organism to function. And so, the person that is really into nerding out about the chromosomes and DNA and particle whatever of the avocado or the the person or the baby, whatever it may be. It's like, that's not more wrong or right. It's like a, it's a perfect part of the whole. Mm-hmm. And then the other person, it's like, I'm just going to take my clothes off and huck myself off of the cliff. And, you know, I'm going to have this experience. I don't know anything about gravity, 9.8 meters per whatever, you know, and like the density of water. And like, I just don't give a shit. I was like, woo! like that was my experience you know it'd be easy for each of those people to be oppositional 
you know, and be like, oh, you don't even know about jumping off the cliff or the avocado. And then the other people are like, well, you don't even know about the chemistry of it, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, but in actuality, it's like if you can come together, it's like, oh, no, we're just a bunch of sub-organisms. And, and it actually is our integration that creates something, what I would probably deem to be better. But again, you have to define better, which I don't have a definition for better. I think yeah. ulti- ultimately it's like, you know, whatever. That's well, not a question. I mean, I mean, the rule of thumb is: Do you are, are do you enjoy your life? Yeah. Is there something that 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 gets you up in the morning where you have something to look forward to in every single day that you live? You know, not just oh, I really look forward to thirty years from now, but like no, like something right now, like something right now that has you that lights the fire inside mm. that 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 you're passionate about, um, and removing the shit that's not useful. You know, like like all of Ted Decker's work, seeing through the illusion of fear, seeing through the illusion of of the future and the past, and being present with everything right now. I mean, every every spiritual teacher always circles back on these topics because they matter. You know, and I think that's it's it's always an unfolding and a work in progress. But I certainly enjoy my life today more than I did ten years ago, five years ago, yeah, and way more than when I was a kid. You know, and I imagine that if there is a trajectory. My goal is to continue to just chip away at that, you know, to chip away at David, you know, in the marble. That's it. There's no burning desire to be better. There's no burning desire to grow more or to have more of anything. It's really just relaxing into this is fucking awesome. How do I make it a little bit more awesome each day? And then when shit hits the fan, how can I stay in my center while the storm's here? How can I remain in the eye of the hurricane while the hurricane's going on? Well, we've got the hurricane. There's never been a shortage of pressure from external circumstance. But if I know my center, then it's easier to deal with it. It's easier to find joy in the little things. And, and uh, yeah, better right and wrong. It, it, that reminds me of the Rumi poem. That's one of my favorites. Like that, um, silly, silly words. Almost. Yeah. His, his, Unless you create definition and then we can start to have that conversation. But to just throw the word out, it's like, well, first we need to draw back and say, okay, define exactly what this is for you. And then we yeah, can Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, our buddy Peter Crone, right? Like life is always the way it is, exactly how it is in every single moment. Yeah. You know, that's paraphrasing, but that's true. That is the isness of our existence. Um, but this Rumi poem is beautiful. It's, it's, there is a field outside of right and wrong just past good and bad, I'll meet you there, right? Like that is the nature of the deal. Like if we can see through that, if we can see through duality and polarity and just be in the presence of acceptance and enjoyment and then enthusiasm, we're doing pretty well. I mean, that's, that's a, it's a way to operate, I think more effectively and also just a way to gain more out of every simple moment. I think that's, that's what I'm circling back on consistently training, training in myself to find that center and know where it is. Perfect. Thanks so much for <laughs> doing this. Yeah, brother. What a Always. great thing. Where can people go? Cal Kingsbury Podcast and then uh, at Living with the Kingsburys on Instagram. Those are those are basically it. Yeah. Perfect. Do you guys do any type of like educational type stuff specifically through the Kingsbury? Not really. Orbit? I mean, I do private coaching. I look uh, forward to when you do. People can hit me up on that. Yeah. Right now, I'm more in a state of of being present with my family and doing minimal work. Yeah. And obviously the podcast is still, that is one of my vocations because it's, it's, it's learning built into education. It's learning built into sharing, right? Yeah. Like Chris Ryan said, I selfishly have the podcast guest on for myself. Totally. You know, I want to, I want to know these people. I want to have them on. I want to learn from them. And then we'll share that episode and you get to learn as well. But, um, 
outside of that coaching and fit for service with Aubrey Marcus and a couple others, you know, I, I would much rather fill my time by spending these precious moments with our little girl, mm. by driving my son to school and picking him up each day. Mm. Those are the things that, um, you know, I'm, I'm really gravitating towards because I, I don't need to wait. It's not like, let me fucking make as much money as I can now so I can retire. And then when my kids are in college, then I can see them when they don't want to see me. Like, fuck that. Let me actually spend time with them now. I got you, bitch. And, yeah, build these memories right now. Yeah, <laughs> we're hanging out. You still want? You still want to <laughs> hang with me? You still want to wrestle each morning? You still want me to read you Harry Potter? Right. Yeah, man. I'll yeah. say yes to that. Let me make time and space for that. Yeah, right on. Well, thank you again so much for uh, making time. And I, I think I've already kind of said this to you a bunch of times, but I so greatly appreciate getting to watch your evolution as a person over the last, I guess, five years or almost five years. Um, so it's impressive and I just want to acknowledge how beautiful it is watching your, your progression. Thank you, brother. It's fucking right. All right. Over and out. Thank you all so much for tuning in and, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you all so much for tuning into that conversation. If you enjoyed it, share it on the Instagram. It'll be a great place. Uh, if there's a specific insight that you liked, grab that bit, screenshot, record it, whatever it may be. Tag myself at Align Podcast. Tag Kyle Kingsbury at Living with the Kingsburys on the Instagram. And there's a good chance that we will reshare that image. If you guys are interested in treating yourself to a Christmas gift, highly recommend checking out the Align Total Strength Kit, which includes all the resistance bands that you would need to get a full workout in. Also includes a door anchor and a hip band to strengthen that booty. Uh, you attach the door anchor into a door, attach any of those bands onto there, and then you essentially have a full workout device at your house, at a hotel, you can hook it to your car, whatever it may be. And then we also have an instructional guide that goes along with that guy. So you can jump over to Align band.com and grab yourself the Align Total Strength Kit in order to get that fitness on for the New Year's. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day, of your week. I will see you or speak to you rather next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye.